0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Nine Circles Audio Thing, the Blood Red Edition. Once again, I am your host, Chris Voss, and I am here, as per usual, with two very fine, very distinguished gentlemen uh, to talk about horror films and to talk about this week, two horror films. So, chiming in with me today, we have Mr. Dan Kaplan. How are you today, my friend?
1: Hello, hello. I'm doing good. How about you, Ben?
0: I am hanging in there. Another week down another week to go that's just i take them a week at a time right now especially when we're talking horror movies I, someone someone <laughs> uh someone
1: asked me the other day if i remembered limp biscuit and i was like how could i not remember limp biscuit everything in the world right now is just one of those days and <laughs> that's that's kind of where i'm at so yeah one week at a time is a good way to take it
0: <laughs> excellent and of course with me uh also as always you know him you love him he's typically the voice of the podcast but some for some crazy reason they let me host these particular episodes we got the man himself mr matt buck and otherwise known as buke buke
2: how are you my friend i love the intro thank you my friend i am wonderful today and i want to start things off my, my uh, side by saying i am well i hope you guys are well i hope our listeners are well while I know this is a horror podcast, us at Nine Circles, we are a heavy metal podcast in sight primarily. And as we see over our friend's head here, there's a Van Halen vinyl over his head. Chris, I quickly wanted to dive in with the passing of Eddie of Eddie Did you this want past to week.
0: Dive in. Let's
2: see up. There. Diver diver down, diver down, down in. I know, you know, you you being a little bit older than us, you Willie, you probably would have had more of an attachment than I know I would have to him. I quickly wanted to get your take on him and if uh, what Van Halen meant to you.
0: Yeah, sure. Real quick, I will. Uh, and you, if you want to hear the longer version, you can check out uh, www.ninecircles.co because I wrote up a little... Uh, I don't want to say obituary for Eddie Van Halen, but an appreciation. Uh, yeah, yep. I I uh, was alive in the 70s and uh, very much remember. Um, I was a little young for when Eruption and stuff came out, but uh, I, I
2: definitely... Is this something your mom would have turned you on no, to? my mother was oh. like the
0: Fifth Dimension and the Moody Blues and things like that. No, uh, for, for me, it was probably... I'm gonna say I probably heard eruption later, and of course had it blow my mind. But uh, it it was it was jump for me. It was 1983. I would have been 10 years old seeing that video on MTV and seeing you, you know hearing those keyboards and hearing that solo and you know the thing that I talk about on the site. It was a visual thing for me as much as it was a musical thing when kind of being awestruck by Eddie Van Halen, the way that the guy could so effort, effortlessly move from a solo to a keyboard part to a riff just to to a melody. Uh, he was a master. There are so few guitar players that truly change the landscape of music. Um, Jimi Hendrix certainly. Uh, if you go earlier back, um, Chuck Berry most likely right, kicked everything all off. Uh, if you're in the metal thing, you could argue that Tommy um, Tony Iommi Kind of innovated something, but Eddie Van Halen unescapably uh, changed the landscape of guitar, changed the landscape of rock and roll, changed the landscape of heavy metal. I don't know a single guitar player who's done it since. There are plenty of great guitar players. There are so few giants that literally shape the way we look at a guitar like Eddie Van Halen did. And those first six albums in particular, right? A one, two, Women and Children First, Diver Down, Fair Warning. 1984 uh those are pinnacles of a period in time that when you listen to those albums you hear the 80s you hear the bombast and the and the bravado and the charm of that music uh but what's interesting about it is for something that is so rooted in a particular era and a particular style it's so timeless and in 2020 i can listen to those songs and still be completely mesmerized by how by how that dude does it man uh Freaking legend passed, and uh, and I raised my glass to him.
1: There are there are good guitar players, and then there are fucking transcendent ones, and the the latter they're fewer and farther between. But I mean, there there's no question whatsoever that uh, Eddie Van Halen was was transcendent. I mean, you know, the fact that that someone coming up kind of in real time with it, like you did, Chris. Um, can can have the same impact as someone who was what fifteen, twenty years removed from that and you know, learning guitar in the early aughts and still having my mind fucking blown to bits by, you know, eruption or Panama or anything like that. Any of the finger tapping, little guitars, you name it. I mean the dude just he just
2: changed everything. So it's uh it is really sad. You know there's there was one. Uh, I Thanks for taking the second to uh, share that, Chris, but it was really uh, nice to also see that, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, family, friends, celebrities, uh, you hear a lot of people who unfortunately say things. I know me personally, I've had some falling out with friends. Where, you know, a bridge is burned and unfortunately somebody passes and you don't hear people get to patch things up. Phil Anselmo. Yeah. (laughs) So it was good to see uh, a news story come out that apparently over the last year or so him and Sammy Agar were able to really patch things up. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's it's fantastic, and and that that iteration of the band gets short shrift, in my opinion. I mean, I'm definitely, if you had to, you know, put a gun to my head and choose between the two, I'm going to go the David Lee Roth era all the way. But I mean, the one thing that I point out in in the appreciation is, I mean, that was an opportunity for Eddie to kind of break away and indulge in a lot of the things that he really wanted to explore that he maybe felt a little pigeonholed with, with David Lee Roth. You can argue that, well, they became a ballad band and it was all keyboards and stuff, but shit, man, that was something that the guy wanted to do and he wanted to explore and he did it better than almost anybody else trying the same thing at at that time. You know, and and, and, and to come and and to be just as adept with melody when it comes to using the piano or synthesizer as it does to using the guitar, again, just shows how he was completely unfettered by the constraints of what you're supposed to do and what you're supposed to be as a rock guitarist. Uh, and Guy guy was just amazing there's plenty of Sammy Hagar era stuff uh, particularly on those first two albums um, that are fantastic and I would hold up guitar playing wise uh, to a lot of the stuff he did in the early years uh, just a giant uh, transcendent I think Dan is, is one of the best words you can use for him R.I.P. to a real one <laughs> gone too soon yeah Let's talk about something else, though. We are here to talk about horror as we speak. It is October 13th, uh, the frightening Tuesday, October 13th. It's not a Friday. And we are um, almost a little bit more than halfway through the um, annual Hooptober Horror Marathon that I'm a part of every year. We were just talking earlier... um about uh, reviews and stuff like that. I am up to film 22 at this point. So I'm really close. I've only got about 10 or so films left to go, uh, in about 16, 17 days in order to, to make my quota and get this done. And Buke was kind enough, not only to pick stuff off of my list, uh, so that I wouldn't have to go and watch yet more films, but he picked two of them off of my list. So we're actually going to cover two films today, um, in kind of short order. Cause one of them is only 56 minutes long. Uh, We we will probably
1: spend more time talking about it than the film is long.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is going to be a relief to Dan, most likely. (laughs) But we'll get into that. So, um, Buke, why don't you kick it off and talk to us a little bit about Host.
2: Yes. So, as we all know, I don't need to talk about what's going on in the world right now. But with the pandemic and everything happening right now, a bunch of... Video games, sports, schools, everything has had to be shut down. Everything's had to be postponed. Uh, releases at movie theaters have, you know, been put on hold for another couple of years. Look at James Bond. It's been put on hold, put on hold. Well, interestingly enough, during this time, I i constantly, you know, Chris, you guide me if I'm in the wrong place for movies. But I first go to Rotten Tomatoes for their score first. And like I do for video games, I use Metacritic. Well, I use Rotten Tomatoes because I like a general consensus, what a you know, what the consensus score is. And So with that said, I saw a horror movie host like at like 98% or something. And I'm like, what the heck is this? And because of you guys starting me down this horror path, I have a subscription to Shudder. So I saw this movie and I watched it with my girlfriend host a Shudder original. And uh, if I would give you a quick rundown, it's a group of girlfriends uh, on a zoom call who they have hired a medium and to kind of break the boredom of the pandemic. They have this, uh, seance over a Zoom call and uh, the events play out all over the, the Zoom call, which was interesting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Without spoiling too much.
0: there.
2: Yes. <laughs> Without spoiling
0: too much, it was interesting. <laughs> no, there's not, I mean, Buke, it's it funny that you, you kind of pause, but the, the thing of it is, is there's not a lot else to say. Um, th- th- this is a super tight, super no frills little movie. Um, it is. It is just it is 56 minutes long. It's just under an hour. Um, it's kind of found footage. It, it it uses the framework of a Zoom call, and the fact that if you pay for, if you have the free version of Zoom, right, it's only like a 45 minute um, allowance that you're allowed to have if it's more than three people. So it takes those constraints. Um, filmed during the COVID pandemic, and it, 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 it's nothing um, earth shattering. It's not going to change the scape of horror, but for a little DIY film, that's just like, hey, let let's have some fun and build a little something that that can be effective. Uh, man, I think it works like Gangbusters, and I really, really yeah. liked it.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, I I quickly want to share more of my thoughts before we get to you know dan's take and more on on yours chris the interesting thing that i liked coming into this is that it chris it's what i know about movies is that a lot of success in movies seem to take off when they're doing something new like correct me if i'm wrong but wasn't like Blair Witch, almost the start of the whole found footage thing. Was found footage being done before that? It, it was definitely being done before that. Um, okay. There were a number
0: of films, but I mean, it certainly, from a horror perspective, it kind of made it um, a much more accessible kind of mainstream filmmaking device, okay. right?
2: Okay. So with 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 this. You have all of us, you know, every country in the world, some more than others, is on some state of lockdown or control in place. So this movie, the director, I don't know this gentleman, uh, Savage, I don't know if he's from anything else, but Savage had the actors remotely set up their own lighting, uh, camera shots, stunts. You know, not that there's much in this movie that took place, but it's it's it's, it's just cool that all these little elements that it's almost kind of like like a bunch of kids who go out and buy an old VHS camcorder back in the day. You know, would film them on their skateboards doing little tricks and stuff like this. Like this was just you could see that everybody was just invested in. It. Like, hey, let's just do a, a cool little something different here. Yeah, that I I, I think really shows. You know, this movie is not a scary movie where it has, you know, some other symbolic meaning for the times that we're in or anything like that. If it does, maybe I'm an idiot, but uh, it was just a cool little passion project. I I thought.
0: Yeah, well, I I think you hit the he- the nail on the head, and and without going into Dan's take, which just spoiler might be a little different from our own take. You, you know, that that might be part of. A criticism I could see levied at the film is it feels very much like a bunch of people got together and crafted a little homemade movie to the point where maybe you're too enamored of, oh, they did this all themselves, and they applied their own makeup, and they did their own stunts, and they did their own camera work, and maybe that might somewhat overshadow the 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 trick of what they're trying to pull off and it is very much a trick i don't know if you know the history of the film but rob savage who who everyone involved in this is in the filmmaking community rob savage has done some commercial work and some video work before this but he was having a zoom call with his friends and decided to play a trick on them and and the the gist of it was and it's the scene from the movie where he keeps hearing like a bump at at And a thump on the Zoom call. And he's like, let me go upstairs. And it sounds like it's coming from the attic. This might be cool. Maybe there's an animal up there. And he climbs up into the attic with his iPhone, um, gets scared by a demon, falls to the ground, and dies. And uh, that was just, he just did that as kind of a lark for his Zoom friends. They freaked the hell out. And it was almost like kind of beta testing, like a premise for a quick short film. He was like, oh shit, this will, this could work as like a little mini feature. So many of the same people that he did the trick to are the actors and actresses in the cast as it gets stretched out to kind of feature length. So there is a little bit of a a, a, a nice little kind of shaggy dog story as to how this thing kind of germinated. But I, I I find that absolutely charming, and, and, and again, I, I don't think there's a lot to the film. It's very thin. It is exactly what you say. It is um, a bunch of bored people um, are on a Zoom call, and they, they get a medium to kind of do a seance. Things go wrong, and we'll talk a little bit in the spoiler section as to what exactly goes wrong and and, and, and how the thing occurs because i i do really like that concept that's the one yes. fresh piece that I thought that this 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 movie brought to the kind of seance calling spirit kind of genre of of, of film but other than that I mean it, it gets down it gets in it gets out it doesn't waste any time it just does what it needs to do um I, I I just think it's fun is it great I don't know if it's great but it's a hell of a lot of fun and that's what I want from a horror film <laughs> Dan, I don't think you agree, though. Well, I, I you,
1: as you were making your points, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I, I I, think it's, you know, I, I, I think it's impressive that they were able to kind of pool their resources together and pull this off while all isolated from each other. I mean, that that uh, takes takes a certain level of of just gumption and resourcefulness and everything. And I, I credit to them for doing that. I just, it's really, it, it's, it felt like there just wasn't a ton to it. And that's While you said that that was, you know, a, a benefit to it. I kind of felt like that was a, that, that kind of hindered it a little bit in my book. Um, it's, I, I, I found myself, I found myself thinking of like paranormal activity and almost kind of at different points wanting to go back to paranormal activity because I, I don't know, there were, you know, a couple of the characters in this, I just didn't, I, I was just kind of over by the first time they, they walked onto the Zoom call. <laughs> um, and uh, the, the the character Gemma in particular, um, not a huge fan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well no <laughs> and i and to be fair though i think the point is you're not supposed to be a particular fan right now. correct
1: correct <laughs> um but I, I i don't know i just i i i i find i'm more invested in a movie when i can sympathize with the characters to some extent and i don't know that i really could here and when you couple that with the fact that, like, we've seen similar things before, albeit not done during a major global pandemic when we're all quarantined. Um, I, I think that's what kind of held it back for me. Um, mm. Full credit to them. I think it's a great achievement, and I'm happy for its success, but I just, I didn't really care for it. I don't know if I
0: see myself watching it again. So that, okay. that brings up a really good point. I was actually going to ask, ask that question because I could make the argument, right? So I really enjoyed the experience of Host, like, a lot. I don't know that I'll go back and revisit again, because I got everything that I needed out of it. To your point, Dan, there's not a lot of... You're not clinging to character, right? There's not a lot of depth involved here. Um, Once you know the trick, the trick is the trick, and it kind of loses a little bit of its um, allure. You could say that a lot about a a lot of horror films, although I would argue that's not the case in the next film we're going to talk about, but... If, if I were to break it down like that, as a film, as a piece of art, like, do I want to come back and revisit this again? Probably not. So w- w- when, I, when I'm as effusive in my praise on it as I am, um, it is very much for that, the experience that it gave me. If I were to watch it again, I'm sure I would not get the same thing out of it because I already know how it works. Right. But I don't want that to diminish from my enjoyment of that first experience. I, I, I would still wholeheartedly say... If you have not seen this film, it's, it's definitely worth watching once, especially because you're in and out in less than an hour, which I can't stress enough, man. I, I like Paranormal act- Activity. Paranormal Activity is like 25 minutes too long. If it was 56 minutes long, it might be the pinnacle of this type of film for me.
2: <laughs> Do you know the one thing, guys, that I, like my, I have been with my girlfriend almost two years now and we've watched a number of movies. She loves horror movies. That's her favorite genre. Uh, she was scared to death, uh, more so than any other movie I've seen from her. And what I personally liked about this movie, as a newcomer, and what was excited why I told you guys to recommend to check it out is that, for example, like us on this Skype call right now, when you watch a normal movie on TV or in the movie theater, I think sometimes we have the you know you can look around. Maybe you look at your phone or you look at the person next to you or wherever you're distracted. But I think there's something really intimate about a video call, like a FaceTime or a Skype call or a Zoom call, because there are parts in the movie when the characters are pulled away or events happen. So I almost felt like you were another participant in that zoom call because when you're talking with somebody yes unless i have like a second monitor here my attention is is just to you two guys right here on the skype call and that's what was so cool about this movie is that you felt like you're a participant here because the girls the camera can't cut away to anything else. It was just on the other the, the participants of this call. So that what I thought was so cool. I'm, I'm totally it.
0: with you. Totally with you.
2: That's a good, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. That's a, and, and it raises a good question. What did you watch host on? Um no, good point. That's a great point. We watched it on the TV, but that's if you were to sit down like in an office or a phone even or I, iPad, but that would be a
0: Perfect. Experience. That's how I watch. I watch it on my iPad, sitting at my desk. And to your point, that's exactly where I got the visceral thrills from it, the fact that you're not looking away. And there would be moments where I would, I, I mean, it's it's it scares or largely jump scares. So, you know, you could call that a cheat if you want. But I mean, it, it, it plays tension beautifully for its runtime. And there were moments where I'll admit, I, I paused. I was like, all right, hold on a second. I'm getting prepared. I know the thing's about to happen. Okay, unpause the conversation and jump <laughs> back in. And the medium by which you view the film, I, I, I think lends a lot to it. That's a great point
2: because you know, like you guys, like if Dan was to say right now, hold on, guys, I gotta go, like refill my my drink. Spoiler alert! Like, yes, <laughs> Spoiler- <laughs> like we could we could reach down and grab our phones, but you know we're pretty much still looking at at his camera there. Like you know, like so if if uh, if if a crazy cat like jumps through his window right now, I'd be like, holy shit. A cat just jumped through his window right there. Like we're we're still like we're fixated on this camera that's
0: left. I out. would completely pee my pants if I were wearing any pants during this call. hundred <laughs>
2: percent. Like like the, the can't change like your pants if you don't away. have any pants to change. <laughs> like Dan's clock right now could quickly going it. So it's it's the little things that this movie. I have started to find as as we've now been doing this uh, a couple of months. I have found, especially with the movie I watched last night, I love I really love scary movies. Not so much with the the fake gallons of blood and gore, but I get excited for the sound elements. And this movie didn't have that because it's coming through Zoom calls. You're not going to get the good sound quality, but it's the attention of you're on the edge of your seat. You're watching and that's why you say with an iPad. I mean, it's so, because 'cause you're just looking at this a little box. Yeah, as an now. aside. And the oh, girls I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and the girls, they're the the girl the face of the girls watching, they're just as intent as you are. You see their reaction. So you felt like you're there with it. Yeah, yeah. no, I I think they
0: totally sold the performances. I I mean I, I don't really know them from anywhere, but they did what they needed to do really effectively, and there are a, a couple scares. Um, I'm not going to remember the names of any of them, but particularly the one poor woman uh, who is in her home with her boyfriend, and her boyfriend goes missing for most of the Zoom call until he very suddenly reappears. And that, I, that was that that was great, a great jump scare yeah. <laughs> for me. Dan, what were you going to say?
1: I was going to say Buke, As an aside, you talk about you talk about. Sound and, and sound design. Um, have you seen, talking about horror movies with incredible sound design, have you seen A Quiet Place? I have Oh, not. Dude, that is that is a fucking movie.
0: <laughs> lives and dies okay. on a sound design. Oh, my and, God. And it's incredible. Okay, okay, I, it's great. A Quiet.
1: Highly, highly recommend. No, it's I have Jim not, from The Office have, have, and uh, um, Emily Blunt. And yeah, okay. it's it's oh, it's so good. I don't want to say anymore because I'll spoil. But. Okay,
2: because the, the what turned me on to sound in movies is is it Michelle Pfeiffer, Nicole Kidman? Who was the other? Yeah, 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 oh yeah, Nicole Kidman. There is one movie where like she's downstairs and you hear like footsteps upstairs, and I'm like, oh shit. That sounds amazing. I've been I've been into sound design in movies. That's since. a
0: scary ass movie too. That that's a
2: fantastic movie. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. A quiet place. Definitely okay. recommend. Okay. So probably not a whole lot else to talk about with regards to host, but I do want to talk about. So we're we're deep in spoiler territory. If you haven't seen the film yet, I I really recommend you do. I want to just talk about the, the thing that I probably liked the most about it, and it wasn't the scares. It was just the conceit, because I I, I, I do want to pull away kind of like one unique or clever thing from a film when I watch it. And here, talking about Gemma, who is a a, a truly despicable person, (laughs) again, it's probably meant to be, but especially when you're watching something that... It's supposed to be real, right? This is found footage. When they're that annoying, it does, like, I I hear you, Dan. I get kind of, like, cringy, like, I don't know if I want to keep watching this, because, man, she really annoys me, and I feel like I can just walk away and be fine. But she is the hook upon which the rest of the horror lies, because what winds up happening is they have this seance, and and they're all kind of joking about it, except for the one woman Um, who invited Ceylon, the medium, um, to run the thing. And there is a very kind of pivotal moment where something happens to Gemma, and she has this breakdown. And it is is horrific and distraught and emotional, and you think that the movie is taking you into this place where she has a vision of a, a, a man who helped her when she got really hurt and then later killed himself. And you find out later that she was joking. It was just a joke to kind of get some laughs and to make it feel like it was real, um, which in other movies would just be like, haha, that's the joke. And now the real thing will occur. And what I love about this movie is the movie takes the joke and incorporates it into the mythology of, well, no, you've now created a false mask, this false story for whatever has been called forth during the seance to now inhabit. And that man is just I- I'm not saying that it's leveraged to, you know, particularly novel ends because it's literally now just a faceless demon that's going to kill all of them but man just the idea of that premise when when she said that and she gives that explanation of the false mask and how now that can be inhabited my jaw just dropped of like holy crap how has no one thought of that idea before i thought that was clever as hell
2: do you just see the little smirk coming through, Chris? There, Dan. He, I love you. You, you can see this man loves horror movies because he was he was smiling, saying this. You can see that with someone special. Yeah, okay, excited. Yeah, Exciting. yeah. <laughs> because you know what? The, and the thing is, that's what I'm saying. This, the, there's so many little things here that just that just tie in it so well. And again, I don't think a a a call you know could go on. You know, unless you're like me, who could video chat for hours, you know, about 45 minutes, 50, well, 56 minutes or so is about what most people could do so to, to get the levels that this hit in a different... And at one point, one of the characters leaves and goes over to the other character's house and they don't cut away to that. Like, you know, you see her leave her camera on the whole right. time. It's, it's just so cool how the cameras stay on and stuff and... You know, your eyes are just going all over the screens because you're looking. Is something happened? Going to happen over there? And what's this girl doing? It's. I just thought it was. It was. Well, you, you, you
1: talking about video chatting for hours. I think uh, the 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 one thing I'll say is I I didn't really feel like I'm 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 sort of like whatever. Um, to the movie as is. Um, I think if it had gone on any longer than the whatever fifty-six minutes it ended up being, I would have started actively disliking it. And I don't. Okay. I don't dislike it now. I just I I feel, I
2: feel nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel nothing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Dan, is is that simply because it was all a video chat? Is that why it was? If it was a traditional movie, no, I mean, I, no, different? not even. I just,
1: I just think um, <sighs> found footage, like good found footagey type stuff, is e- even independent of this. And and I, I, I just think good found footage stuff is is few and far between. A little bit for Agreed. me, a little bit for me goes a long way. And like I said before, credit to them for doing this entire production under quarantine. I mean, I think that's an awesome achievement, but I don't think there was enough there on, on the quality side uh, to, to really make it stick for me. Um, That, that, that's why I'm just kind of like, that was, that was fine. You know, (laughs) here's the next segment. No, I'm kidding.
0: (laughs) Well, the good news is is you can find out for yourself. It is it is a Shutter I- exclusive. Um, if you don't have the Shutter service and you're a horror fan, um, what are you doing? It's 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 literally pennies. I think it's like four ninety nine a month. Um, all curated films. Uh, it's it's just a treasure trove of new films, classic films, foreign films. Um, go and check this out if you have the op- opportunity and uh, you can always let us know when we post this uh, tell us what you think but uh, that was host um a an exclusive to the shutter platform and we're probably going to take a quick break to refill our drinks yes, go ahead. to talk then about another exclusive this one netflix as we discuss el hoyo otherwise known as the platform So, Buke, this is crazy. We're talking about our second film now, but if I recall correctly, this was your original pick when we kind of did our first round of, hey, what movies do we want to talk about, right?
2: It it most certainly was, my friend. All right, so talk to us about the platform. Gentlemen, you are giving this to me, who is already a mush mouth by nature. I am a college failure. I am... You know, an idiot when it comes to trying to explain things. I'm really dreck with a lot of stuff. Um, but you use the so word you- dreck, and that and, and <laughs> that
1: makes up for about 95% that of that. That's a collegiate-level
2: word there. So. <laughs> so you give me a movie that probably has so many deep meanings and what things mean. That I ran with this, though, but I like it just for a horror and violence and the concept of it. The first movie I chose was The Platform. And this is the movie where a gentleman, if I'm correct, wakes up in a concrete cell marked with a number on it at 48. And he doesn't understand at the time what that is, but he wakes up with somebody else across from him in the cell. And once a day, this platform of food descends from the floors all the way above down to them filled with food it's it's you later, it's all underground to to, to clarify yes. yes and you learn later on through the movie that as the food descends that when it's on floor one it is the most gorgeous spread that you would have fed to a king and queen it's everything you can imagine well as it goes down and down and down however long it stays on each floor you're left to pick and choose The scraps that are left that other people weren't able to that weren't uh, so when it gets to the whatever the bottom floor two or three hundred I forget what number it was there's bones and stuff may be left even if that Uh, and then it it just shows that the later floors it just descends into utter you know save yourself and madness and stuff like that and if I'm correct when they wake up each resident or captive can have one item with them of their choosing. And if I'm correct, guys, wasn't it the character groaning or gearing or not gearing? Yes. I I think that he chose to go here of his own doing. Yes.
1: And uh, yeah. and, And, and critical to this is they're, they're not on the same. Sorry. Sorry for, for, spoilers spoiler alert <laughs> uh but they're not on the same floor indefinitely like they move floors throughout the movie and every month
0: they go to a new random floor for the duration of their stay there right so, so to your point Goring, who is the protagonist of the film voluntarily goes there i don't know if he was trying to there's like something there there may be something about him maybe he's trying to quit smoking there, he 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 was oh he, he was going to get offered a degree once he finished his six months there. So he goes in. I believe he brings Don Quixote as his one item. He brings a book with him, um, and yeah, every month for the six months, it's his adventures on another floor. Sometimes better floors, sometimes worse floors. And what happens then?
2: Yeah, and I'm trying to remember. Was there a certain amount of time that they had to do six months? Well, Goring
0: did. Yeah, well, Goring did six months. Other people did different times, depending on, to your point, right? Some went to the hole in lieu of a jail sentence. Some went of their own accord for voluntary reasons, because if they completed it, something would happen. So everyone has different reasons, um, and everyone has different time periods for going there. And without spoiling too much,
2: it's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it, it, <laughs> sorry. Just, just okay. Like I can quickly, not quickly, but I will start by saying I love the set design for this. I think the concept is so cool, more so than the the, the host. You know, host. The, the, it's just the concept of you know. Do you? And the thing is, when you're in the 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 cell. Whatever you want to do is have at it. If you kill this, your cellmate, have at it. If you take all the food for yourself, have at it. it. It's it's utter madness. I love it. I freaking love the concept of
1: it. Yeah, I think I think. Of of the four now that we've talked about in this uh, in this segment, uh, this is easily my favorite so far because I mean it's 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 a horror movie, but it's also a comment on survivalism. It's a comment on like an every man for himself mentality. It's a comment on greed. On just it's a huge the comment need- on
0: trickle down economics.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the just the needless pursuit of more better. Everything yeah, more, 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 that we, more, more than more. we need um I just think it's incredible I mean the 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 horror elements almost and I know we talked about this at, at the time the horror elements almost became secondary to me uh that to the the um just multi-layered social commentary um I thought this was the deepest movie we've watched so far and I I just uh, yeah I thought it was the best one we've watched so far I really really enjoyed it
2: because as the because you know as the movie starts to play on just like you said the the underlying meanings of it you know, they start to realize that hey maybe you know every time the platform reaches us we don't need to gorge ourselves like it's thanksgiving dinner here and we're you know fat and passed out on the couch if we just take what we need right now in the moment the people below us will will have more right Yeah, there is ostensibly
1: a. Oh, go ahead, Chris. I'm
0: sorry. Well, well, I mean, there is an experiment in the film, right? The one woman who who comes in, she she adamantly tries to do that. And I and I think, you know, one of the things that's so incredible about this film and and Dan, I agree with you 100 percent. This is by far by a long stretch the best film of the bunch that we've reviewed so far it's it's one of my favorite films of the again i'm, I'm up to film 22 now this is probably tied for my favorite film of the 22 i've watched. Um, there's a lot here just in the examination of of the setup. I, I mean, Buke, you talked about what an amazing setup it is. The thing that makes this movie so great is just how much they explore what that setup means, what that setup means for survival, what that setup means for your sense of self, for being selfish versus being selfless, for what it means to be greedy, what it means to be a capitalist, what it means to be all of these things, uh, what it means to be a, a, a woman in this in this system uh it it does so much with such a simple premise and the horror arises not from traditional kind of horror moments there are no jump scares here i mean there is a lot of blood but everything is in service to the examination of this one particular concept and 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 what it does to people uh and i mean and just for that this is just a breathtaking film to witness
2: if we could get into some of the deeper storylines spoilers like the yeah with some spoilers now with like the Lady riding down over and over again. I didn't understand so much sometimes what was was happening there. It lost the middle of this movie kind of lost me a little bit. Did you guys was it did it you understand what was happening all the way through? Well,
0: I mean, at, at least as it regards the women, I mean, I mean that was just just another examination of what happens in this thing that apparently. So the the thing that I came up with, and if, if I'm wrong. If if you've got a different view, Dan, correct me, but they kept talking about how she's looking for her daughter, and the one person was like, that's impossible, you can't have a daughter here. So my assumption was she's been here so long that she was raped and had a child here, and this is what happened. And she's on, you know, the the search, which is not really so much of a narrative plot point, except in that, you know, in the end, when, when things kind of reach their their fulcrum point you you find the girl you 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 find the child that this woman had been riding the platform all this time to go and find but again it's just another example of the degradation and inhumanity that a system of this nature imposes upon its people which is i i think essentially what this movie is exploring is that you can make the the concept of the platform analogous to capitalism to to greed to whatever But this is an examination of what a a political or a bureaucratic system does to the people. It treats them like cattle. It treats them just. It doesn't treat them like humans at all. Uh, So you can put whatever kind of quote you want above what it's supposed to represent, but whatever it represents, it's really just showing you what the after effects are to people.
2: Okay, and like the horror that comes from. When they finally realize what's going on, and then when they wake up on the hundred seventy first floor, <laughs> holy shit, you know that this is there's gonna be nothing left and it really is survival of the fittest. It's like this is like seriously like Lord of the Flies and your room and your cellmate is fucking Biggie. And Piggy has to die. <laughs> well, is that the character? Yeah.
0: That? Well, yeah. Piggy did have to die, but <laughs> I, but, but but I mean, but, but but that that's what makes this this movie. Wow! My my eighth grade teacher would have been so proud of me. <laughs> See, for that. and 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 you say that you're the one, and you you, you you say that you're the one that comes with the least of this, but you picked the biggest, best, most fulfilling movie. So one of the things that was interesting is, I mean, so th- there is one, you know, the the, the 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 other primary character, at least in the beginning of the film. I mean, it is it is fairly certain that he had to kill and eat people in order to survive when he was on those lower levels. One of the things that I think is brilliant about the film is the film makes you have to think about, was he the bad guy or is he just doing what he had to do to survive because the system that he is in is forcing him to do this? And I think another really interesting point that the movie makes is, you see some people who have been really low on those levels, so who know how bad it is, and then when they get to the higher level where there's ample food, you know, where one would hope and expect for them to be like, ah, now I have food, let me help the others, they they gorge themselves and, and, and devour just as if they, you, you know, deserved everything that was on that plate instead of thinking of others. So it's a real interesting kind of way that the film kind of looks at these characters, not so much with a judging eye, but with a, hey, this is how these people are reacting. Kind of how would you react? And and do do you think you would be any different faced in the same set of circumstances?
1: Well, and I I, I think to a lesser extent that speaks to, you know, people who, um, you know, come from nothing and, Happen upon money, whether whether, um, you know, through luck or, you know, they they, you know, hard work, they come into money. And there are so many people that that happens to and forget they forget where they came from and they treat their newfound affluence as if, you know, like it had been kind of destined to them you know what i mean like like they like they just they yeah. had no concern for um other people going through what they went through they're just focused on well i'm not going through it anymore i am awesome you know blah 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 and i think this speaks to that and and they you know there are there were a number of moments through this movie where um they were trying to communicate between floors um you know because each floor the, the, when the platform is not coming down, each floor has a massive hole in it for the platform to ultimately pass through. And so, you know, you can have characters talking to each other between floors and people are trying to advocate for more sensible consumption and for, um, you know, just kind of keeping it sustainable. And it's just all falling on deaf ears. And nobody wants to take that step and nobody wants to think beyond themselves and their most immediate needs
0: yeah in in, in both directions too right because there's right. one very memorable moment where um goreng and his new cellmate are on i think they're on floor six or on floor seven they're like almost to the top and the one guy brought with him for his one item a huge rope so this is the highest he's ever gotten and he's begging with the floor above him we'll all get out of here just hold the rope let me climb up and we'll keep going and he literally gets shit on <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it i mean it's just a horrendous moment um and it's the one moment where i just kind of laughed out loud in the movie yeah. as well but <laughs> i mean it just speaks to it, it, it just speaks to the circumstances and the way people react in those circumstances it's such an incisive kind of oh it's just such a a, a, a piercing film it's 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 by far the best film that we've seen in this thing. It's a far cry from Veronica. I'll, I'll say that. Well, I mean,
1: yeah. come
2: on, <laughs> what isn't? Oh yeah, far far cry. <laughs> um, now the ending of of this when they all finally when they both realize that hey, if we work together, and we ride this platform on down to the bottom, and those people who responsibly eat what they... we tell them they can eat, like, hey, here's one muffin today. Eat your muffin. And those who don't, we fight them off. Um, but then when they get down all the way to the bottom, and they see the little girl, that's where this movie and this being on some different level... I'm just sitting there like at this point the closed captions could have been in a different language I was so wrong what was happening at the end
0: yeah so I'll if, if I have any complaint to the movie it's the ending feels almost a little too ambiguous where they get to the bottom and the girls there I i I, I kept waiting to get at least some kind of understanding as to what the purpose of the platform was. I knew that that kind of wasn't coming, but I kind of wanted it. And I, I, I do feel like the end of the film doesn't close in a satisfying manner to me either. I don't know, Dan, did, did you have the same feeling or did you get a little bit more out of the ending?
1: Yes and no. Yes and no. I, I, I liked the sense of purpose that they took from her because I think, I mean, you know, especially when you're when you're caught in this just miserable situation um it would be it would be so easy to just give up and become a nihilist and and just just you know abandon hope all, abandon all hope ye who enter here that kind of thing mm-hmm. and for them to have um you know had that singular focus and found her and i forget what the quote was but something like something like this girl is the answer or this girl is the solution or something like that. Um, I thought that this girl
2: is the message. This girl is the the message. message, Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was, I thought that was kind of cool that, that, you know, that they could channel their energies. Well, whatever energies they had left and into this kind of, kind of selfless mission. Um, But, you know, it, it, it's, did it, was it necessarily, you know, in keeping with the rest of it? I don't know. Hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it didn't, it wasn't enough to make me, it wasn't enough to, you know, for me to give the movie any demerits. I'll say that, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it well enough and I, I don't think it changes my opinion of it, um, one way or the other.
2: So. Yeah. Just when you think you've, you know, we talk about interesting concepts with, with oh. host. Like this is another one that the, that something as simple as just a platform of food descending through and the battle for survival and the battle between man versus man. It, it is, that alone is just so horrific when you really think about what you would do to stay alive. Like at one point, his his cellmate tells him, I'm going to eat part of you. <laughs> Remember, like he, cuts, he cuts strips of his leg off. Yeah yeah and it eats him I'm
1: never I am never gonna I'm never gonna come to a Black Friday again and not think of this movie where people literally trample other people to death so that they can get their their shopping deals for Christmas like I it's it's not exactly the same message but it but it's it's getting at the same thing the criticism is the same it is I think I-
0: Agree wholeheartedly. So, yeah, uh,
1: this this movie just fucking owns, and I, I recommend anyone and everyone watch it. Buke, hell of a choice.
2: Yeah.
0: Kudos,
1: my Thank friend. Thank you. Kudos, Thank well you, done.
2: Yeah. It, now, did, did, have, have you seen any of the other movies he did? He did uh, a short film, nine one three one 3 and 03, and in 2001 uh, he made The House on the Lake. I don't know if that's a horror movie. Have you seen that? Nope
1: not not familiar okay. with any of his uh, his other work. So okay, but uh, we'll be okay. we'll be checking out if I get the chance. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, fantastic film, man. And, and again, I don't as somebody who doesn't have you know get things on a deeper level a lot of the time. I I like this. It's it it was really 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 cool. It was the it lost me sometimes when they were showing like some of his dreams and stuff like that. But man, I I just love the whole concept. I had to laugh. You know, you talked one part. You laughed when he was shit on. I love when they show like the different things people brought. Like, didn't one gentleman bring a surfboard or something? Yeah, if I remember correctly. So <laughs> like, yeah, I guess that guy didn't realize what he was getting in, in for what he was going in for. One person
0: brought a dog, which which kind of. Sets off a really interesting and, and fun scene. It's a uh, it's a it, I, it, again I I gotta go with, with Dan Buke. I mean uh, this was this was a fantastic pick um, and. I think at this point, maybe 85, 90% of the population has Netflix in some form or another. This is a Netflix exclusive. Um, Netflix is doing a lot to kind of find a place. It it might be hard to navigate and find those films, but they're at least picking up interesting kind of those mid-budget films. So there is still a place where it doesn't have to be a franchise you know remake sequel prequel type of thing um there there's room for these types of films out here so uh support movies like like this see the platform and 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 let's hope that uh, netflix and other platforms start picking up more films like it because this thing was a beast yeah
2: so you quickly mentioned netflix there before we move on from this and wrap this up because i love this uh double dose of the things that we done i saw a report today on the guardian uh, about netflix is netflix canceling off series too soon and this comes on the heels of netflix canceling um what was it the, the jim hansen and yeah that one yes Are, do you guys think that netflix is not giving shows enough of a chance or maybe they have too much i think i think, I think they're giving this. too many things a chance
1: <laughs> they are they're creating option paralysis i mean they're 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 just buying up and commissioning so much content most of which the vast majority of which is like mediocre at best and they what what they're doing is they're they're like giving us this this abundance of things to watch that keeps us glued and keeps us scrolling and blah, 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 blah. But like, it just makes it impossible to settle on any one thing. And like the few hits that are inevitably going to come through, like are anybody like ever going, is anybody ever going to be able to find them and be able to identify them? Um There was this great piece on, uh, defector the other day. Uh, Chris, you might have seen this. I don't know if, I don't know if, uh, how, how closely you've been following, but Albert Bernico wrote a piece called You Can Always Just Not Watch TV and just the abundance of things that they're creating. I, I just, I spend so much time scrolling and I get frustrated. I'm just like, well, fuck, I'd rather read a book or something like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, coupled with that, they, they take, A show that, generally speaking, people really liked. I mean, Glow was massive critical acclaim, and then they cancel it. So I don't know. I'm I'm getting I'm getting increasingly frustrated with Netflix and streaming services in general. It feels like the whole system. It feels like they've become the whole convoluted, like money grabbing system that they were meant to combat. And uh, I I'm I'm just. It's but, a necessary know, the, the, evil the, the, but it the, is an they, evil.
2: <laughs> but the the thing that that gets me though the amount of subscriptions that Netflix has and the you know the, the 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 user base that they have like people are watching these shows like what what of course you know they have their bottom dollar to worry about but what does it Hurt them to keep these shows going in some capacity. So I,
0: so I will tell you what I, what I have read and what I think. Um, and I think it's a question of two things. So that's why. So to to compare those to something like Shutter, which the the, the biggest problem with things like Netflix and Amazon Prime and even Disney Plus, which if you guys read Disney's announcement, uh, yeah, yesterday th- they have flat out said yeah, their future yep. isn't content farming. I mean, that's basically. I tell what you
2: doing. what. And I, yeah, and I saw a comment that's saying if the next Marvel movie or the next big ones go straight to streaming, theaters are really in a horrible position. That might be. Well, theater, theaters are already in a really horrible position. Oh, they are.
0: They <laughs> are. <laughs> they have a lot of problems that, you know what? To be fair, uh, theaters have had problems long before COVID that they need to kind of work through. But the thing that I've read about Netflix and that from what I understand, if you notice, it's very rare that any show on Netflix goes beyond three seasons. And the thing that I have read in a couple of different areas is that once it... a lot of the contracts and negotiations for Netflix is once you go beyond three, three seasons, there is an increased kick to the production company and to the teams and to the people who create those films. Mm. So it's a liability for, unless the show is really accumulating a lot of viewers and there's the potential for merchandising, like a stranger things, right? They're never going to cancel stranger things unless something happens because there's so much more merchandising opportunities that it offsets the bump in percentages to the production companies that make those, those those shows now in the case of from what i saw i mean, i i listened to uh, marin kind of talk about this he does like a morning kind of coffee thing where he ruminates about these things i think the thing that happened with glow is they were ready to go covid hit and the cost that was eating away was they had the sets already built and it was 10 months of just paying the cost for the sets to stay in the locations where they weren't able to film. No one was ready to really go back to filming. And at that point, they were like, let's just cut our losses. We're losing so much money in, in just paying and leasing out these sets that aren't being used. We'll regret it. I mean, so so there are some other factors there. But but Dan, to your point, the biggest issue is one of curation. It's impossible to find shit on Netflix. And they've gotten to a point where they've created so much Netflix-specific content that it's like you can't even find this, the the Netflix specific content you want to watch anymore. It's going right. to be I, I I challenge you to go and find the platform if you didn't know about it. I mean the platform's brand new. It only came out a couple of months ago on the site, and it's probably already drowned a in five hundred other Netflix exclusives that have come yeah. out. Let alone the non-exclusive stuff that that they still show. And that's it's, why I barely well, watch TV. <laughs>
2: just- you know what, my f- my friends, and, and this is I, I, why I like that we do this podcast aside from the normal music one, is that my personal take on this is somebody who, you know, always worked the night shift and never really got attached to any TV shows ever. <sighs> Dexter was the only must-watch TV I ever had. The problem with me, like my girlfriend, she loves Stranger Things. I despise Stranger Things.
0: What? <laughs> what? I, I personally do. Word. You really despise it?
2: I hate that show. My only takeaway from that show is Friends Don't Lie. You guys ever lie to me, you guys are done. No, I'm just joking. But, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can't make words anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, but... My my, yeah. We can do we can do a whole another episode on there. We can keep talking about this now. But my issue with TV shows, and this is from somebody who loved Dexter, but shows I think are a victim of their own success. Just like what Chris said. Chris said Stranger Things will not never be canceled. At some point, though, as a casual fan, I sit well, as a casual watcher. I sit and I watch. I'm like. How many more things can fucking happen to this group of kids? Like, this is just getting ridiculous now. And Kathleen next to me is like, yeah, I want more stuff to be happening. I'm like, but well, me, I'm just sitting here like, oh, my God, how many more things can happen? And then, like, when this last season ended, she's like, oh, whatever them the sheriff for the he's not dead. Oh, we can keep going. And I'm like, this is just getting ridiculous
1: so, now. With like if with, well, with, with, with Dexter. Buker. I think I think maybe I'm a little more open-minded with this thing because i'm a diehard fan of the halloween franchise which has literally retconned itself 18 different times (laughs) over the years so like a little a little hopper coming back from the dead a little you know like demogorgon coming back from the dead like okay i'm 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 all right with that. i'll (laughs) i'll suspend the
0: disbelief do you you guys watch dexter at all i watched maybe the first two seasons but 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 to me and and this is is where I think your girlfriend so y- your girlfriend and you may have different aims and goals of what they want out of a TV show like because I'll tell you my experience with with Dexter was really like the first season second season I was already at uh, diminishing returns is just gonna be more of the same there was kind of no really end goal in sight that I saw I kind of got bored I walked away uh, but mm. other people may look at that show or may look at a stranger things or in the case of my wife so my wife is obsessed with supernatural which is a show that's been on for 15 years and maybe 99.7% of that obsession with supernatural is an obsession with Jensen Ackles, who plays Dean Winchester, who I will admit to being somewhat obsessed with. That might be one of the handsomest men on the face of the planet. That being said, when I talked to her about it, like this show has been on like 400 episodes, 15 seasons. Why they've gotten to a point where they've all died five times and have come back to life. It's the same thing over and over again. It it it's comfort. It's familiarity with the character. It's familiarity with the group that makes you feel like you're a part of something. And I think that's definitely the case with Stranger Things, especially from the nostalgia angle. A lot of people are starting to recognize things and are starting to see like, oh, I remember Space Invaders. I remember Dungeons and Dragons. I remember Ghostbusters. Um, And you can argue that, like, that's just nostalgia for nostalgia's sake, but what the nostalgia does in something like A Stranger Things, I think, is it acts as an easy access point into what's really going on, which is watching these characters grow, uh, especially watching their growing pains as they transition from kids to young adults to adults, and... All of us have gone through the same things. All of us have had an awkward kiss and an awkward relationship. All of us have had problems with our parents. All of us have had problems with aliens coming out from other dimensions. I mean, this is all universal things we've all experienced (laughs) at one time or another. But it allows us an entryway into what these people are doing and feeling and and i mean that's a that's a <laughs> again we, we talked about this in in the beginning man fucking 2020 sucks we are in a pandemic we have had things happen that have really never happened to us in our lifetimes before and it's fucking hard to handle it man so if i'm going to watch a bunch of kids you know, go through growing pains and puberty and which boy am I going to date and who am I going to kiss? Man, I'll take that because the alternative is to sit and look outside and just see the madness going around you, which is why I think horror films are as popular as they are right now. Just the escapist view and kind of having to digest things through a lens of vampires and werewolves and platforms that come down and spooky demons that, you know, come out from a seance. It all helps us to kind of cope with the reality reality of our surroundings to quote a very famous and wonderful fishbone album and and, and i'm all i'm all for it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna <laughs> decorate anybody for that
2: it in interesting point if 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 i was to speak to miss voss right now and ask her would she say this show i it should have ended or i wanted to no, end because
0: again as long as she gets to see her 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 f- freebie five Jensen Ackles, she will watch him go until he's ninety years old. I might watch him until you know what, he's ninety years yeah. old. Uh, but 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 she will admit to you that the show has gotten to an end point. It probably needs to end. But if it doesn't, yeah. she's perfectly content to continue along that ride because of what the investment and the characters mean to her in this day and age right now with everything going on.
2: Hopefully she doesn't okay. tell you about her lousy marriage, but you know I wouldn't put it past her. Okay, now to to bring this back to horror, when like Dan was mentioned with the the Halloween movies, what did you guys think of Saw? The first Saw, I loved it. I thought the first Saw was amazing, so I was eagerly excited for the second one. Saw two came out, and I'm like, holy shit, yes. But then, like, Saw 3, Saw 4, I'm like, I don't even care anymore. And then it got to the point where, like, I don't even see them anymore. So why do you think it is that people can see a TV series, like a Stranger Things, and get excited for, like, seven seasons of Game of Thrones, but if a movie goes on for six or seven movies, it's the re- the diminishing returns? I, I, everyone's got a different
0: dial. I think I think familiarity breeds comfort, and... You know, for Dan it might be Michael Myers and Haddonfield and Halloween, and for your girlfriend it's Stranger Things, and for other people it's watching, man, my uh, Daenerys and Jon Snow and the Black. Right? Is that what I don't? I didn't really know Game of Thrones that well. So you
1: you could also make the case, and this isn't going to be universal, but you could also make the case that um, a movie is. Designed a single movie is designed to be a self-contained experience, right? It's supposed to do everything it's supposed to do. And then, you know, unless you're planning out, specifically planning out a trilogy, it's kind of dependent on that movie doing well. And then you're just adding, you know, like, oh, 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 gosh, well, we have to make another one. Oh, well, we have to make another one after that, you know, and then you get that diminishing returns. TV series are... You know, you optimistically, I mean, and maybe, maybe, you know, there, there are certainly some that are, you know, designed to be limited series. But when you make a TV series, you're optimistically thinking like, okay, how can we stretch this? Like, let's come up with a story that we can stretch over two to three seasons. Like, let's do this by design. And, you know, do they all get to 15 seasons like Supernatural? Maybe not. Should they? Probably not. But, um, (laughs) But you know, I, I it, it's a it's a little different in I in in conception. You know
2: what I mean? Well, you know it is because you know what, guys. I you know, when I went through my divorce here to bring our listeners into my uh, life here, I've gone through a divorce over the past couple of years, and people have their comfort. My parents sold their house and moved back with me to help. My mom still watches Young and the Restless every day and that's a show that she grew up on and young and the restless i think right now is in like season 47 right now oh dude
1: coronation street over
2: as a kid with my mother yeah
1: coronation street over in the uk that's like their soap opera that's been on for like i feel like it's like 60 years or something like that
2: (laughs) coronation (laughs) yeah wow huh that's a yeah just an interesting thing that that's that's a really good 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 point you bring up that yeah, I just wanted to bring up with you guys. So I saw that, and you know, we talk about horror and stuff. So, it's, you know, with Netflix and stuff. Well, yeah. I think too. I, I mean, to to
0: bring it back to horror, and then we can close off and go to our kind of recommendations and what we've been ingesting in our downtime. I mean, horror for me is an escape, just like a TV show is. I, I mean, I, you know, again, when you look at, and it doesn't even have to be the world as it exists right now in October 2020. I mean, everybody has periods in their life where. You know, shit gets hard, and uh, for me, the escapism, where where a lot of people would find the escapism in a book or in a TV show, um, I find it in movies, And, and there's something about horror with just the... I think I talked about this on the first episode with like the type of horror that I'm drawn to. I'm not typically drawn to very realistic slasher just guy killer stuff, although I do like some of that. I'm drawn to the much more fantastical supernatural stuff because it's so outside the the, the realm of what's going on in reality. And 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 to me it serves the same Kind of level of comfort that maybe a TV show does. Um, so when we watch something like Host, or we watch something like The Platform, or even something like Veronica, which I think I I, I did find a couple of things of, of 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 note to talk about, although it was really hard to do so. Um, at its heart, I, I mean, they can tell stories and they can be commentaries on things, but they can also just allow you to escape. And and I really do value those films for that. So that's probably going to wrap it up for our talk on The Host and The Platform. Two films uh, that you can check out now if you've got a subscription to Shutter for The Host and uh, Netflix for The Platform. But we always like to end uh, the episodes of Blood Red with uh, what else we've been doing. It's not all horror all the time. We are a music website. We've got a lot of other interests as well. So, Buke, since this was your pick this week, why don't you kick it off with what else has been floating your boat over the last couple of weeks?
2: I quickly have to talk about a probably my personal number one horror movie I have found since you guys told me to check out more horror movies because I have been actually setting out to find movies on my own now. I watched the movie last night on... (laughs) I know. I watched the movie last night uh, on Hulu called Ghost Stories. It's a 2017 movie uh, about a gentleman who is a skeptic of ghosts and he has lived his whole adult life trying to disprove everybody who believes in his had ghost stories. And he meets this guy and his dying wish is, uh, who was also a skeptic. He says, I'm dying, but do you know what I had? I met a couple of people in my lifetime. Everything I thought I believed about being a skeptic is true. But before I die, I want you to go out and try and have these experiences on your own and come back and tell me that I was wrong and those never happened. And I'll leave it at that. It's fantastic. Fantastic movie. <laughs> ghost stories. Um, As I always recommend games and stuff like that, only thing I can recommend right now because I'm still back on playing it, I am been deep back into Call of Duty, Um, but there's nothing special right there. (laughs) Ghost Stories.
0: I have heard great things about Ghost Story. I'm so glad you recommended it to me. I was actually earlier, because you and I were talking earlier about about the movie, I've already gone through my list of what I have to finish for Hooptober, and I think I've got a film that I can boot out because it doesn't – serve any of my criteria and fit that one in as in its place so guaranteed i will have that watch reviewed and covered in the next two weeks i'm looking forward to it nice Hmm. well i had not
1: heard of it but uh i will add it to the list so thanks Buke. um on my end i got i got a, a threefer uh across different media um First, a TV series that I've been catching up on while I've been doing my nightly bike rides. Uh I just fully caught up with uh Barry on HBO, which is uh Bill Hader formerly of Saturday Night Live. Uh and also Stephen Root and Henry Winkler. Uh Bill Hader plays a uh a contract killer, a hitman who goes out to Los Angeles for a job and uh decides he wants to be an actor while he's out there (laughs) through a series of events. Um, It is, wonderful um the guy that plays the insecure robot in bill and ted three i forget his name but um he is a uh, supporting character on the show that actor um everyone in the show it's like it's a black comedy it it's like really really funny at times but also really dark at times and uh it's just absolutely fantastic only two seasons highly recommend you catch up if you do uh if if you're able to um Gotta give a shout out to Breath of the Wild. I finished it. Uh, played it for 135 hours. Yes, I realize I'm three years too late on it. I bought Whoa. it when I first. I bought it when I first got my Switch. But my problem was I was getting a lot of games at that point, and I just picked it up and initially like played it for a little while and then put it down and never came back. Well, now I like put full on dedication into it, and goddamn, it's an amazing game. Really amazing game. Um, and then uh, beyond that, I think musically, I, I'm just going to give a, a, a shout out to I think we did this. I think we did this uh, off air before. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Svalbard. Um, their new album, When I Die, Will I Get Better, is just fucking fantastic. Um, I was a huge fan of um, their previous album, it's hard to have hope. Um, that was a more, you know, it's a more conventional kind of hardcore sound, but on this one, they take that hardcore edge and they add atmospherics. They add almost a, uh, like a shoegazy element to it. Um, but without feeling contrived, without feeling like too much, uh, without feeling like derivative of other bands, kind of doing that same thing, uh, it is absolutely fantastic, and that's kind of all I've been listening to of late. So, um, those are my three. Chris, what do you got?
0: Yeah, uh, before I jump into mine, I just just to tag on to yours, uh, leaps and bounds to me, their best album. It is. It is phenomenal. I have not been able to let go of it since I got it, and uh, it's going to be one to uh, check out, come into your time, I think, from a lot of different places. Um, all right, so I'm up. Um, I'll, I'll talk a couple things. Let's talk movies first, because, again, I am knee-deep in uh, the Hooptober Horror Marathon. Uh, again, I am 22—oh, uh, 20, shit, 23 films in. I just finished film 23 today, which was Sinister 2, which I don't really recommend beyond the fact that it has an amazing James Ransom, um performance. He was in It Chapter 2 and was fantastic there. He's equally fantastic here, but uh, the movie kind of sucked. Uh, but you know what was good? And I can't believe I'm going to say this, because you guys might disagree with me. So I watched a lot of movies. Like I said, the only other movie that got as high a rating as the platform for me was um, The Lighthouse. starring oh. um, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. It's a follow-up movie from Robert Eggers, who um, came out with The Witch a couple years before, or The Vitch, if you want to do it the way it's spelt. Um, but The Lighthouse was a fantastic movie. Uh, it's scary. It's intense. It's about two men. Trapped on a little island on a lighthouse for a couple of months and the madness that ensues from there. Can't recommend it enough. Um, The other big surprise for me when it came to um, stuff that I've seen on Hooptober... Uh this is going to get a little weird because this is much more mainstream than I'm used to watching but I finally got to watch and I watched them one right after the other which I highly recommend if you've never seen these films before. I finally sat down and watched the PG-13 films Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You. Which is Really? Essentially Now hear me out for a second. Yes. Now it is the first movie is very much Groundhog's Day with a serial killer who is killing this woman over and over and over again. It sounds like such a stupid premise, and a rip off of an earlier film. My friends, it is anything but. Uh, if 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 if, if, if it, it fully acknowledges the ridiculousness of its situation, it fully acknowledges Groundhog's Day. Um, but what it what they don't tell you about about this film, and what I think this film does so so well, is that it introduces. Um, probably the greatest horror heroine in the last 15-20 years. Um, Jessica Roth, who plays Tree Gelbfarb, the woman who falls asleep and wakes up again and again and again, having been killed by a killer in a baby mask because she goes to a college where the mascot is the Bayside Babies. <laughs> so just think about that for a couple of minutes. Um, they acknowledge the ridiculousness of that as well. It is so clever. Um, it, it takes the premise and it puts it through all these different permutations uh, it, it's scary but it is really funny it gets to be really emotional if you want to talk about a film where you are invested in a character this movie goes all out to invest you in her as a character she goes all out to sell you as a fully fleshed out character as this nasty sorority hot blonde who is actually shades and shades and shades deeper than she originally appears and how that um presents itself over the course of this film. Um, It's amazing. And then, to top that off, you go right into Happy Death Day 2U, the sequel, which takes place minutes after the first movie. And goes an entirely... It it, it it squanders its potential. It's not nearly as good as the first one, but where the first one was Groundhog's Day, this is much more sci-fi back-to-the-future craziness. Um, it takes a very different slant into how it presents itself. It's much funnier. It's much more of an action-adventure film. Um and just for, again, like a breath of fresh air, something that's funny, something that's scary, something that kind of relishes its, 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 its murders in a way that is hilarious. Um, they're two of the most enjoyable experiences I've had this month watching horror movies, so cannot recommend them enough. Can recommend them way more than new fare like Antebellum, which came out just a couple of weeks ago and is very tired and trite. And if you've ever seen an M. Night Shalomon film, you're going to guess where this goes in the first ten minutes and then spend the remainder two hours trying to write your review so you don't have to think about this again by the time the movie ends.
1: That's such a shame to hear because <laughs> man, I love Janelle Monet and, and, and I heard that this was pretty bad. In the
0: movie. She is phenomenal in the movie but the movie does her no favors. Um, <sighs> it's a real real shame in that regard. So for that movies um, that that's where I'm at. A couple other really great movies I saw all the last couple of weeks the, the 2020 remake of The Invisible Man. Um, really, really good. I also saw the sequel to Train to Busan. So if you're familiar with the Korean zombie Fright Fest Train to Busan, Peninsula, um, again, does the same thing. It takes the premise of the first film and spins it on its head and becomes an action-adventure film as opposed to a horror film, and it's really very good. It's essentially, what if 28 Days Later was uh, uh, merged with Mad Max? And it becomes really good. So that's what I've got um, as far as my recommendations. I won't talk about music and and, and stuff like that because really the focus for October for me is nothing but movies. So, Buke, let me kick it back to you. Um, Anything you want to add about the films you've seen or anything else before we sort of wrap things up for the night?
2: Thanks, bud. I quickly forgot two roguelikes that came out. uh, Well, one finished uh, Hades from Supergiant Games, the people who uh, did Bastion. That came out. I may have talked about that on uh, our audio thing, but I want to mention that again. And Spelunky 2 finally came out for PlayStation and PC. So those are two PC games I've been playing. They're on consoles as well. So thank you, my friends. Chris,
1: where is is Train to Busan 2 Electric Boogaloo uh, streaming?
0: Is it streaming? Ah, so... Let's just say that I had to watch it through various channels, but it will be available for everyone to watch come October twenty seventh. Ah, okay. On VOD. <laughs> if you have an Amazon stick, this that is might not be an admission of guilt. Particular app. <laughs> theoretically, you might be able to find it there. <laughs>
2: How's it hold up to the first one?
0: Um. So very similar to Happy Death Day to you, it's not quite as good, but what it does, it does very well, just in a very different vein. So it is. It, it, it again, it is Twenty Eight Days Later with Mad Max.
2: Yeah, I have just watched Snowpiercer a couple weeks back. Man, oh, that's, that's a good movie.
0: Bong. Man.
2: Don't get me don't get me started on Bong. <laughs> <Juno>. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh
0: Snowpiercer host Parasite. Uh, that dude, that dude can do no wrong in my book. Memories of Murder, supposedly getting a Criterion release sometime soon. One of his best movies. If you haven't seen it, it's fantastic. All right, that sounds like we are at the end of our rope, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Nine Circles audio thing. Uh, As ever, uh, we wish you to stay safe. We wish you to stay happy. I am Chris. Uh, On behalf of Buke and Dan, thank you
2: guys so much and we will catch you on the next time.
0: Bye, guys.